With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Back to research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and you can join me every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, where I will have an expert to share resources, stories, and answer your burning genealogy questions. Remember, all of my guests share a deep passion and knowledge of genealogy and history. All of my shows are available as a podcast immediately after the broadcast, and they can be downloaded from Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. Well, you have been listening to David Wellington, and he has shared his 28 years of research of discovering his roots from slavery to freedom and how this discovery has brought about a sense of healing, love of family, education, liberation, and unity. Now, when before going on the break, we heard a few words about what was going on with Frank Worthington. And the 43 years later, there was an application. So let's go back to David Wellington so he could tell us more about this pension application and what was in it. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, as I indicated, that because of the mix-up of the name, when he applied for his pension, he was denied because he applied for his pension as Frank Wellington. But when he joined the Civil War in 1864, he joined or mustered in as Frank Worthington. So his pension was denied because they did not have a listing for a Frank Wellington. So he had to prove that Frank Wellington and Frank Worthington were one and the same man. And he did so by a number of ways. There were at least five men that were in the same company that he was in during the Civil War. And each of those five men wrote depositions along with himself uh, to, to swear that this was the same man known as Frank Worthington 
and that they know and have been known now for the last 30 or 40 years of their lives as Frank Wellington was in the regiment with him during the Civil War. And their name was John Joner, um, Perry Atkinson, and Harvey Dupree um, that were right there with him. Now, I have all the affidavits before me because, as I indicated, they brought a number of documents to me in the archives. I copied them all and put them into this book form and had this book binded and titled it The Worthington Wellington Heritage and then the front page said for family and had this book at one of our reunions or that next reunion where I told you that we began to find out who we were, how we became connected, and who Frank Worthington was. It was during uh, that reunion that I think that healing, crying, uh, solving, loving one another, because based on this document that I found, one, he won his pension after five years of fighting, got $12 a month, but based on this pension and this book, I wrote a play based on his struggles in the Civil War, in slavery, and the freedom, and his family, and then performed that play in 1989 at our next reunion, where all family members played various roles in the play. And as I indicated to you in 86, we didn't, we were disjointed, disconnected. And what I did, as I indicated, he had six family members, a Frank did. So what we did, I assigned a color to each one of the family members and then developed T-shirts under each one of those families. So when a person saw a person with an orange T-shirt on, they knew that that came from Rufus or a blue, a blue T-shirt on, they knew that came from Charles. So we all were in the reunion with six different T-shirts on, but we knew the relationship. We knew the connection. We knew then that my great-grandfather, uh, or my, yeah, my, my grandfather and his grandfather were brothers, or my aunt or my mother, they were sisters. We knew the connection then. And then the other lovely thing about it, as I indicated to you, the book also revealed that he won his pension after five years. So at the ending of the play, which started in Africa, in our freedom, in our glory days, and then to slavery, and then to his freedom, and with a big check, I had a big check written up saying, I won, I won. And all the family members were on the, on the stage. And I also put that into a, a play that I wrote, and we also filmed it so it's on, on DVD as well. And every time, like we have a, maybe a bus trip going somewhere, uh, to Atlantic City or anywhere else, we'll play that at entertainment going up to constantly, constantly educate our young. And as I indicated to you before, I have in my, um, I guess you would call it my den, about 30 ancestors put in frames, 20 by 25 frames, all throughout my basement. And my, my grandchildren, I had six grandchildren now, one just born, so now I have seven. But when they come here, I have to quiz them who this is after telling them this so that they won't forget our past and our and our future all into one. Well, this is wonderful, but you know what? I need to take you back a few steps Very because well. you have just shared with us the fact that you took the information from the pension record and then created a play and had family members who were descendants of the children who were listed as, I think you said, sisters and brothers? 
And different T-shirts, yes, and different T-shirts. And as they, I guess, portrayed the characters that were in the in the pension record, they then re they went back and and just acted out everything. I mean, this is this is just exciting. This is wonderful. Oh yes, and then and and at that and at that reunion, as I indicated, there were six different family members that Frank, my great grandfather, had. One of them was my grandfather, and every document, every document that I found in the reunion at in the archives, every document that I created, I created a sheet indicating the various colors for each family member. There was five hundred sheets of every document that I had. One of my family members remarked that uh, this was not a reunion. This was a production because it was just so, so beautiful. And so they all have that history. They have a copy of the written play. They subsequently got a copy of the tape. They have a copy of this book that I still people still call and ask for other family members when one is born. Like now my grandson there was just born on April the 7th. One of these books will be for him. I'm going to develop a frame where I will give him his lineage from his great grandparents all the way down to me in a frame along with his birth certificate on that on that uh, um, frame that I'm going to have framed for him so that it continues. It goes on and on and on that this becomes our history because, you know, slavery uh, put a brick wall up there for us in terms of finding our ancestry. So by finding this ancestry, this brings about the healing that is necessary because if there's no other people who need healing, it is us. Yes, yes, but it's just fantastic that you made a, a concerted effort to leave a legacy and to write it down. I mean, tell you, you're not only telling the story orally, but you have it in writing. And those, you said six grandchildren or seven grandchildren? I have seven grandchildren. You uh, have se- great- those seven grandchildren uh, have, they probably don't even realize what they have right now which is fantastic, it's a wonderful, wonderful legacy, uh, the fact that you, you have that information available to them. Oh, yes. Well, my, so, my, my, I'm sorry, go right ahead. No, you go ahead. My oldest, grand, my oldest grandchild, she's 23 years old, and she, she, she realizes what she has, and she shares it with her students down at, at George Mason University. She proud, she's very proud of it. She keeps her book. All of them have a copy of this book. The ones that are four and five years, true, they don't know what they have, but they will one day and realize when I'm long and gone uh, that they will have this. And not only that, every family reunion that we have, we take group pictures, pictures of everybody, and the last family reunion, as I indicated to you, I have about 30, 20 by 25 frames of my great-grandfather, great-grandmother, all on the wall. Well, not only at our last reunion, all that was put into the book as well in the family reunion. So they have not only the stories, they have the pictures, they have everything. And then they have uh, the the pride that comes from saying you know where you come from. It's just so, so wonderful and so healing and so uh, inspiring for the next generation to go further. Because as I indicated at one time before, I don't want to go back to that, but DNA, our, fa- our last reunion will be somewhere in Africa. 
Wow. But you're so right, though. I mean, when the, I'm, I'm listening to you, and I hear your pride. And and it is a it is a really wonderful feeling because now, as you said, when you had that first reunion, everybody got together, but they didn't even know how they were connected. And That's so you you are the one, or are you the only one in your family to have uh, done this research and and pulled it together? Yes, ma'am. I'm I'm a I'm the fifth sixth child of twelve children. And it's funny that you say that because I'm always wondering, why do I have this interest? Why does this concern me? I have 12 brothers and sisters. Uh, they all support me, but none of them want to be in the archives. Uh, even my mother, uh, to a point, was saying that, uh, well, they dead people. Oh, they're dead people. Uh, I don't have anything to do with that. But And I asked this question one t- three years ago, and I was just told here uh, a couple of days ago again and when I asked this question, why me? And someone said that you were the chosen one. And and that within itself is healing and is comforting to know maybe this is true. This was, was my task to do this because out of 12 brothers and sisters, I am the only one that, that does this, the only one that has a passion for doing this, but at the same time, the whole family benefits from this, not just brothers and sisters, but uncles, aunts, all of them. You should just see their faces when we have reunions when I take all the stuff to the reunions and put it up on easels and then talk about it and then have all the literature there. Um, I mean, I could read you a, a a letter here from one of our family members that she was saying that it was just overwhelmed her beyond her expectations when the last family reunion we had because based upon this book, the United States government, because I could prove that my great-grandfather, Frank Worthington, was a Civil War soldier, gave me a Civil War historical memorial. And what that headstone was, it was a headstone. And that headstone, we replanted or re funeralized my great-grandfather in Wilson, North Carolina, in Maplewood Cemetery, with over 500 people there. And the mayor of Wilson welcoming us to his, his, his town. And my great-grandfather's now headstone sits there in, a, in, in a, basically a Confederate cemetery during the war, but now here we have a black Civil War soldier's headstone next to a Confederate mound, and at the same time on the program, I had the the president of the Confederacy on the program, along with Congressman Butterfield from North Carolina, 26th District, who was my guest speaker, also received a United States Congressional uh, Memorial from her husband, um, then Butterfield up here in the United States Congress and had all that copied and gave it to everybody. And that reunion also was videotaped and had inactors, Civil War soldier inactors that started the reunion off with flags and all. The Wilson Times broadcasted on the 8th of August and on the 20th of August and gave us a lot of publicity uh, by the U.S. soldiers being memorialized in North Carolina because of that headstone. And the government gave me two because the first one was damaged. It wasn't damaged very badly, but enough for them to say, if you want another one, we'll give it to you, and they did. And so I donated the first one to the African American Civil War Museum here in Washington, D.C., to Dr. Frank uh, Smith. So if you ever are at the African American Civil War Museum here in the District of Columbia, and you see a headstone there with the title Frank Worthington, that is my great-grandfather. Well, I have actually seen that 
that headstone. So I know what you're talking about. Now, I have a question coming out of the chat. What is the name and location of the cemetery? Maplewood Cemetery in Wilson, North Carolina. And it's right there looking beautiful. And not only that, that headstone, I took, when we finished, on that headstone we put two American flags by it along with a a nice bouquet of flowers. I took pictures of that. Now that picture I made into a 44-cent stamp as well as an address headstone label, label. So when I put on my mail, I put that on my mail. The 44-cent stamps I keep as souvenirs and give them to family members. I have all that done as well. But when you go to Maplewood, Maplewood Cemetery in Wilson, North Carolina, um, it's there. Ask for Frank Worthington Headstone and the young lady there who was so, so nice to me to do that. And you got to, And here's again. When I applied for that headstone, I too was denied. I was denied the initial time for that headstone because I could not uh, give them the exact location where my grandfather was buried. So I had to fight to get that on a second letter by indicating to them that where he was buried we knew, but because they had let the cemetery decay and go to the ruins and it made it very difficult for us to go and even search for my great my grandmother and grandfather who were buried there in 1958, it would be very difficult for me to find the remains of my great-grandfather who was buried there in 1912, so they relent and gave me the headstone. Wow. Well, well, that's one of the things that uh, you have just taught a lot of other people, that you can get the tombstone in, in spite of the fact that perhaps you may not have the actual burial site. And yes. so Maplewood gave you the opportunity to put your uh, tombstone there. Now, oh, yes, and that was a year of pleasant working with the, with the director there, the commission there in Wilson, um, North Carolina righted that wrong and agreed to let me bury my that headstone there, and it was a, a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Yes. Now, we have some questions coming out of the chat, and one of the questions uh, is about the DNA company. Uh, where did you test? At, at three different places. One was the African-American, uh, the, um, the African, what is um, African Ancestry. Doc- right here in the District of Columbia. One was in the DNA Ancestry in Florida. And then I did it with the the, the, um, the National Geographical Society. Um, that was the other one. They do it as well now, too, with the genome system. And so all three of those, and all three of those validated what each one had said of my um, uh, lineage. 67% black, 25% European, 8% Native American Indian, because my grandmother, on my father's side, her father was part Cherokee. Okay. So we have now gone full circle. You have identified your ancestor, Frank Worthington, as a slave of Isaac Worthington. You have now found him, his pension record at the National Archives. You recognize that it took you know, 43 years later, and when was that? What, I mean, what was the date on that actual uh, pension record? In 1907, and he received... In he, 1907. He, when he started receiving his $12 a month, and he's received it for five years because he died in 1912. 
So he did get his pension. Well, that's yes. that's wonderful. At nineteen yes. and nineteen twelve, and that he had five men to testify on his behalf. Yes, and 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 I have all their affidavits. We explained to them that they were all in the same company, and they knew him in that time as Frank Worthington, and they kept a relationship with him after the war for the last 30 or 40 years of their life, and they now know him as Frank Wellington, and they are one and the same man. And they believe that, and the United States government, the Department of Interior, gave him his pension at $12 a month, which was a tremendous amount of money because he was paying 50 cents to 25 cents to have these affidavits written on his behalf. So we've gone full circle. So what what words of wisdom can you give to others who may want to go through a similar journey as you just did, especially when you're yearning for this this sense of of belonging, uh, identity, uh, love of family. Just uh, tell us what kind of recommendations you would give. And also, I, I'm, I'm really asking you a two-part question because there are some questions coming out of the chat. One is, mm-hmm. do you have contact with your Worthington cousins, and do the Worthingtons acknowledge the Wellingtons? Oh, without a doubt, as I indicated, that this book is titled The Worthington Wellington Heritage. And, and and the reason why we were able, why I told you that one family member used the name Worthington, because he found some documents years ago that showed that his, his grandfather was Frank Worthington. So that particular family, they were 12 in that family. Six of them kept the name Wellington, and six of them kept the name Worthington. And they were going to school, brothers and sisters, one saying Worthington, one saying Wellington. It never created any animosity towards one another, just that my father thought that they were just trying to be uh, sound, sound richer, but he did not know <laughs> our actual name, but uh, in terms of the name of the slave master who owned us. But at the same time, one family member found it. There were, other, there were five other brothers and sisters who stuck with the name Wellington, and at one family that did find it, they were split in terms of not wanting to change their names when they were grown to Worthington. But no, there's a positive rela- a, a positive relationship that we have now, and they're so proud. Like the letter, the letter I was telling you, coming from one of our cousins, her name was Fontella Worthington. I mean, she just wrote a just a beautiful letter. And every time I feel like patting myself on the back, I read her letter because it's just so beautiful in terms of how that made her feel so proud to know her great-grandfather. And um, she was on the program that we had in North Carolina in 2011. But people need to ask the question, who am I? Where do I come from? Particularly African-Americans, because of our history, because of our past. Uh, we We didn't have the privilege of being able to know who our great, 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 great grandfather was and mother, who they were. So we need to have that passion to find out who they were, and ask these questions. You might not get back there, but you will find so much because it's there. It's in the archive. It's on the Internet now. The information is there. Yes, it takes an effort. It takes some interest, but it's there. And continue to read. Never stop reading. All my life now, like I indicated, the thing that changed my life around at 21 years old were two books, Before the Mayfile by Lerone Bennett, and the Miseducation of the Negro 
by Carter G. Woodson. You have to read. You have to think. The reason why that after 151 years of being out of slavery, we still are first in all things that are negative because, again, we still have that disconnect between us as a race of people because, and I hate to not use it as an excuse, but there's another article or a book out saying that we still suffer from post-traumatic slavery, and we are because we are not over it yet. We've been in this country for 395 years, dating back from 1619 to the present, out of slavery 151 years, but being out of slavery came through with lynching, raping, killing, injustice, segregation, separation, everything. And so for us to even still be here, be here healthy, and me talking on the radio, there's still so much need to be done. And the, I, my job is to continue to educate my children and the public about who we are, where we came from, and where we must go. We can't just fall on the ground there and give up. We're here, so make the best of this time that we're here. Read, study, write, love your family members, call them on a regular basis, and if there is no love, we're lost. And sometimes the reason why the problems that we're having up in Chicago where young men are killing each other at an alarming rate is because we can't identify with each other as brothers and sisters. We've we lost are. that sense of identity is what you're saying. We've lost yes, we that have. sense of identity. And, and we lost uh, Let me go ahead. No, and we, and we lost it because uh, I'm not, not trying to just bring up old wounds. We lost it because of slavery. And we've got to find a way to reconnect. I mean, we've okay. got to find a way to reconnect. Okay, here, and not to bring it up, but you've got men still today you know, thinking that, that we're chattel. And, and, and then sometimes it doesn't come out unless you get a private conversation, but it's there. Right. Because we wouldn't still have the same problem. Here you are with an article now saying um, May 17th will be the anniversary of the desegregation. But now they're trying to say there's more desegregation now in schools than it was even with the law. We're going backwards. We're going, going backwards. backwards. And we we're going back. And, and the one again. thing that you did, I want to just say something because I don't know if people heard this. With your play, you didn't start your play with slavery. You started your play in Africa. Yes, ma'am. With it, kings it, it, and queens. Kings and queens, when it came on, my, my brother had a king hat on, my sister had a queen hat on. They were up in a village and listening to music, having the people dance and having merry-go-rounds and just having a ball and you know, having him speaking like he was an African, and let the dance begin, and, oh, it was just beautiful. But then after about 15 minutes of all that fame, because you couldn't uh, just go everything about what we did in Africa, then you had the slave drivers coming in and hauling them off as slaves. So that's one of the things that so many people need to understand. We didn't start off as slaves. No, we no, didn't start nobody, off no such in bondage. And which and and you have you pulled together this play in such a way that your family had I mean you they had primary documentation because they had all of the information in the pension record and, and one of the things that you made it very, very clear is that this is a valuable document. That it's oh, yes. more than finding your ancestor's name 
on on online to say they were in the United States colored troops, that you need to take it a step further and go and get the pension records if indeed they apply. Get their their service record. Look at when they mustered. Because you even have a description of your ancestor. Why don't you tell us what your ancestor looked like from what you were what you read in the in the record. Okay, and the reason why they have his description in there is because he was in the hospital. He caught smallpox while he was in the service down in, in Kinston, North Carolina. And so they have a whole – his medical records are in the in the, the records, and they, they characterize him as a he, – he's 20 years old now, but he's five feet five. He's a gingerbread complexion, uh, dark skin, uh, dark brown eyes, um, Hundred, I think at the time about 100, 120, 150 pounds, and I'm trying to now get an artist because I have pictures of his children, and use that description and just make a likeness of him, so that we can have something to identify with him as a picture uh, to to memorialize and celebrate. Because back now on Memorial Day, on Veterans Day, we go there and lay lay flowers for him, and they said he was a ginger. A ginger brown man. Isn't that something? Yes, it is. Well, this is a wonderful uh, tribute to you and your research. And then you didn't stop because you shared it with your family. And hats off to you. That's one of the things that we talk about a lot, and that is tell your story. You put your story in writing. So everybody has that book about Frank Worthington and about that journey. So. Thank you so much, and I'm just just very proud of what you have done, and I want to just thank you so much for coming on tonight and sharing your story with us in which you developed that sense of healing, love of family, education, liberation, and unity. So thank you. Thank you so very much for tuning in tonight and, and just talking to us. And, and I look forward to hearing uh, hearing you in November uh, when you speak at uh, Emancipation Day. So yes, thank you so much. I'll be so doing much. that in costume. I'll be costume, having the costume that I wear at the Surratt House, talking about the, the emancipation of slavery of, of the of blacks in Maryland in 1864. November the 1st, 1864 is when blacks were freed in Maryland. Okay, so we we have more to hear from you. So tonight, okay, well, great, wonderful, everybody. And look, everybody, please join me next week. Oh, we are going to have a very good show. It's going to be on the African American 371st Infantry of World War One. And when mm-hmm. you hear what my guest has to say about the 371st, you will be amazed. She, a one-woman show, uh, Sonia Hodges, is a one-woman advocate who has collected as much information as possible on the 371st. I have learned just by talking to her every day. So please tune in next week. So good night. Thank you, David Wellington. And remember, everyone, your ancestors left footprints. Therefore, you should follow the clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, 
and research at the National Archives and beyond. Now, you can continue this discussion on research at the National Archives and beyond and the Afrogenius Facebook pages. Also, remember to listen to the African Roots Podcast with Angela Walton Raji on Friday and Nurturing Our Roots with Antoinette Harrell on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Thank you for joining Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and I look forward to you joining me next Thursday. Good night, everyone. Good night, night. Mr. Wellington. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.